Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 59 of Lay Radio, the show that talks about the Universe Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Crash, and joining me in the Orange Sahi tonight are Mr. Grant Walcott. Good evening, sir. How are you? Oh, very good. Thank you for helping out tonight. Really appreciate it. Uh, also alongside, we have Mr. Colin Ford. How are you doing? Good evening, Commanders. I'm about to launch. <laughs> <laughs> And last but by no means least, we have Lisa Vu. How are you doing? Good evening, Karash. <laughs> I'm good, thank you. How are you? Oh, I'm full of beans, as usual. Really enthusiastic, as ever. Excellent. That's just the way I am, isn't it? <laughs> So, uh, if you wish, you can join us live. We're hanging out at the Lave Station in-game. You can just join the private group Fozza. And you can also see us on the IRC chat channel on Lave-Radio on QuakeNet. And you can access that through the Lave Radio live page. Or you can go ahead and tweet us at Lave Radio. Any questions, you can uh, send them over to us on Facebook as well, or in the IRC, as I said. And we'll try to answer them toward the end of the show. So, let's move straight on to the introduction. So, folks, who shall we pick? Colin, why didn't you tell us what you've been up to this week, sir? Well, what I'm going to do is actually I'm going to tell you what I'm doing right now is that I am running a Twitch stream broadcasting Lave Radio uh, from the Orange Sidewinder outside Lave Station. <laughs> Excellent. So, so you're, you're being our comms relay for tonight, then? Uh, kind, kind of where everyone can sort of uh, gather and, and basically probably try and shunt me into the station as, as, as they did Grant. But, yep, I'm, I'm outside. We're twitching on twitch.tv slash phoenix underscore defier. So if you want to see what's happening outside Lay Station, you are quite welcome to. In fact, Commander Oshte is already there in an, in an anaconda, so... Hello to you, sir. Uh, no doubt you are flying the orange colours, I hope. <laughs> oh, yes, we have a genuine orange sidewinder. I'll just bring it up now, and anybody who's watching... About, yeah, I must admit, and there we have... A, <laughs> oh, hang on, it's a bit dark. I need, to, I need to get in some sunlight. It's in too much shade. Take my word for it. It's orange. It's here. It's outside Lave Station. What more do you want? <laughs> Excellent. At least, what have you been up to, my love? Yeah, I've been pretty busy preparing for a business trip next week, mostly. <laughs> this has been taking up a lot of my time. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm playing Bloodborne and it kicking my ass and me going back for more for some stupid reason. I don't really <laughs> know why. Um, so, yeah, mostly that, which I know is not very elite oriented, which is awful of me though i was rummaging through my stuff the other day trying to sort of tidy my desk and um get my hot ass back out uh, which is now back on my desk so i might actually play again now and i found my wrist passes to the elite premier party and it made me smile so there's that yeah <laughs> <laughs> great stuff you you are perfectly entitled to play other games that's fine we won't judge <laughs> don't tell anyone that i do that <laughs> As long as it's not Candy Crush, I'm fine. Oh, <laughs> um, right. Um, yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> Sorry, it's not linked to Facebook. Nobody gets invites. It's fine. <laughs> oh, and lastly, Grant, what have you been up to, sir? Yeah, I've had a quite a busy week. Hold on a second. Forza, will you chuck right, the grenade at that, them? I believe. I That's what he's up to. Chuck the grenade at them. Come on. Honestly. <laughs> Take out that bank clerk. Come on, we can do this. Right, get in the bus. Get in the bus, let's go. Yeah, I've been Grand Theft Autoing all week. Uh, oh, no. 
Now, this is not because I, I don't want to play Elite. It's just because I had a slight mishap in Elite when last week I bought an Orca, especially for the show, and then had all my technical issues and crashed, etc., etc. And I decided I would take the Lavian brandy from Lave Station and I would go and sell it at Akinar. And that was my plan. And I was completely aware that the Orca has a small jump range and a very small amount of fuel. So I thought, if I manage and I do two jumps without a scoopable star, then I will find a station so that I don't run out of fuel. And that's my plan. So I did two jumps. Sure enough, no scoopable stars, no stations in there. Bought the sort of information for the next star system over. Had a look. Right, there we go. Two outposts. Off a go. Jump. Go to the outpost, request docking, and they say, sorry, we haven't got a pad big enough for you. And I'm like going, my my world is crumbling to bits. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's find a system nearby that does have some Coriolis systems. And I did. I found one. I was like, yay! And it's just the one jump away. Well, that's what I thought. I mis- misread the map. And... Did one jump, non-scoopable star again, that's four in a row, and no other bodies in the area, and no fuel to do a jump. So currently, I am floating free in the middle of nowhere, waiting for the next update. (laughs) Well, at least you're just floating around in style, I suppose, that's the main thing. It's a beautiful pink star, I have to say that. Excellent, excellent. Well, on the subject of non-scoopable stars, I think anyone who's been following me on the uh, the Twitch channel on Crash Landing will know that I've been heading back from Sagittarius A. Yes, I managed to get to the centre of the galaxy last week, uh, and on Friday I started on my way back. And boy, is did I massively underestimate this journey. It's taken a heck of a long time, but I'm about halfway back now. I'd be glad to get back to civilization. I feel I, like I've been completely disconnected from uh, uh, everything going on in the game and I just want to get back to to civilization. So, on that subject, let's get straight on to the development news for this week. So there was a dev update on the 16th of April, and one of the uh, key topics on there, obviously, was the Mac build, which is going strong. The beta is still running through tests at the moment. Uh, It's currently isolated from the the PC builds, but they are planning on doing a Mac-PC crossover compatibility test in, quote-unquote, a few weeks. So that's going to be really interesting to see how the the two different communities start to, to merge over there and I think it's one of the only games I, I'm aware of which does a Mac PC crossover like that. I mean, uh, Colin, do you know any other games like that? I'm... I think this is the first one I've experienced as well. There used to be rumours that you used to be able to do that with Jedi Knight, but mm. I never actually saw a Mac player <laughs> on Jedi Knight. <laughs> Um, but that's going back a long time ago. Mm. How would you know the difference, though? Well, you see, that's the thing. Uh, oh, no. You could tell a, a Mac player because they've got this aura of smugness. It's a new force power. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, so I played World of Warcraft <coughs> for, like, the longest time, and uh, Windows and Mac players have always been able to play side-by-side on that. Ah, Since basically that. forever, so uh, and I think Guild Wars as well, and it's pretty standard these days. Fair enough. I'm that far out of the loop. So yeah, how far have Sorry. I been on when I'm going <laughs> across the galaxy? Sorry like to crush everybody's dreams oh, and right. hopes and expectations. I'm totally dirty MMO player over here. 
Well, I suppose that's the thing. I mean, what I was thinking in the back of my mind was that there's been a lot of talk about the, the console versions coming out and people wanting cross-play there. But, of course, that's a really, really different technical challenge there, unfortunately. It it's, it's, yeah. yeah. I mean, with, with Macs and PCs, the update cycles can be pretty much hand-in-hand hand and there's no real issue there. You just push out the updates to the servers and it's done and dusted, but yeah. with a, you know... a console platform is really difficult you have to kind of it's, it's, get it through it's the generally cycles. it's generally the certification process that is the big hurdle because when yeah. you're a pc developer with your own infrastructure you can just push updates out whenever you like and when you're doing it through somebody else's platform and ecosystem uh, you mm. are beholden to whatever their rules are so that's the big that's the big hurdle right there which is unfortunate but it's one of those things right yeah yeah and this is the problem when businesses get together and they need to kind of come up with some sort of agreement on how they're going to do this and I, I've always wondered how that was going to happen with Elite come to Xbox One because of course Microsoft are going to want to push their uh, their Azure compute cloud they're all for that um, but currently the Elite infrastructure has been built on the like EC2 and the Amazon sort of uh, system so it, it, there's a real struggle there to find something which is going to cross over both of those worlds and work in a, in a nice coherent way so I, I, I imagine there's a lot of talks and agreements going on there much like uh, uh, everything that's happened behind the scenes for the Steam agreements getting it onto Steam so but we will see we will see it's uh, it's interesting to see how that's going to pan out and what other platforms we're going to get the game on in future it's going to be really cool I think so moving on to the next topic obviously the, the big one the elephant in the room the one that everyone wants to talk about there should be a power play announcement uh, it should be soon, TM, as they say. Soon, uh, TM. <laughs> absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting sick and tired of the soon, TM joke. <laughs> we, we need to come up with something better now. Soon, we have two years of thing. soon, TM. Soon, copyright. <laughs> it probably is now. <laughs> <laughs> the God Voice is back. Yeah, so no, I think uh, we we need to start getting more quotes off Michael's T-shirt. So uh, we'll we'll come up with a new one soon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <Boo>. <laughs> Ten points from Gryffindor. <laughs> Sorry, crossing the streams. Oh, too many memes. Oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, so Paraplay, we should get an announcement this week. I think everyone is foaming at the mouth. They really want to know what this is. We've had loads of little hints and teasers. Uh, the hype is building, and I, I'm really keen to find out what this is. I, I've had several people try and tell me things, and I'm like, no, no, fingers in the ears. I don't want to know. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. <laughs> but Grant, how, how do you feel about this uh, this update, mate? <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm, it's essential to my game playing. <laughs> I'm going to be floating around in this orca forever otherwise. I have a couple of dreads. Uh, well, one is that the announcement is just merely the fact that the announcement will be the next week. Because um, mm-hmm. they could keep that going forever. Uh, there'll be an announcement on PowerPlay. Really? Is that you? You've just used one announcement to announce the next announcement. Okay, this could go on. And, and repeat. Oh, announce section. And announce gate. That one's for John. Because I know <laughs> <laughs> but the other issue I've got is because obviously we've got the refueling drones, which is I don't know why I'm obsessive about this, but the refueling drones can only screw me over one way, and that's when they come <laughs> out and say refueling drones are in, and I'll go yay! You can refuel your your friend commanders, yay! All you got to do is buy this refueling drone, fill your ship with fuel, and take it out to your friend. Yay! This sounds great, and your friend has to have fitted this particular unit here, which is called the fuel accepting <laughs> unit. And that'll be the point when I go, no, no. to blooming 
I've sat here floating in the deep space. And I am going to have to press self-destruct. <clears throat> <laughs> and uh, yes, that, that's the that's my prediction for the fuel drones is that we're going to need some kind of specialist unit. That means me waiting for this length of time is the biggest waste of my time. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm hoping that won't be the case. I mean, I've seen on a lot of the ships, if you look carefully on them, there is a uh, an, like an acceptance port, like a docking port on the lo- bottom of a lot of them. So I'm hoping you should be you should be safe there. But yeah, I mean, this is the problem with a lot of these updates that come out, isn't it? Is there is so little information they want to build the the hype and the excitement they don't want to tell us too much about it but at the same time it means we can't be prepared we don't know what's coming we don't know how it's going to affect gameplay and everything until it hits so it, it is a real difficult balance and i know the guys at frontier desperately want to tell everyone about it they think it's cool they're, they they would love to scream from the rooftops all the awesome stuff they're doing not just on this but all the future updates as well so it gets that really tricky balance of where do you find that uh yeah, nice kind of building the marketing hype but leaking just enough to keep everyone satisfied it's it's tricky i, I understand their pain there <laughs> well, you've got to you've got to let a little bit trickle through, right? Because otherwise, three weeks of saying an announcement is coming in three weeks it just isn't going to cut it for people. <laughs> no, maybe next week we'll have the announcement about the biscuits that they're thinking of having for the meeting to talk about the next announcement. So yeah, it gets a little bit cyclical and boring. Oh, they do they do like a good biscuit <laughs> over at Frontier. Yes. Ooh, yeah, maybe we can intake. We can. We can trap them into another Pizzagate issue where they say it'll come when round about dinner time and then we all go, right, let's get them dinner, but let's get them it for lunch. <laughs> I reckon we could just bribe them with a good tin of biscuits, like take round <laughs> a tin of Victoria's or something out of season. You know, like the ones in the blue metal tin that you yeah. only get really around Christmas, but like save one and just like turn up and be like, oh, hey, I bought you some biscuits. They are rare. <laughs> is that, is that like a bit like Peely can dog the biscuits? See, you want a biscuit? You want a biscuit? Give us an announcement then. Give us an announcement. <laughs> or, 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 you know, you can give them one biscuit for each announcement. <laughs> yeah, if they're going to trickle things through to us teasing, we can just trickle biscuits to them. That's like, yeah, that's, that's, I'm going to start posting them jammy dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's worth, that's worth one jammy dodger. That's worth yeah, a custard cream. That's... All of a sudden, oh, that's, just, that's just a bourbon for the one. You know. Opens this envelope he gets, and inside is one jammy dog. Crushed biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we were dissatisfied with that particular trickle of information. Here is a smashed up pink wafer. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a plan. I think we should get right on the chat and start uh, getting the donations in for that right away, don't you? <laughs> it's a lot cheaper than pizza, that's for sure. <laughs> it is a little, you get a lot of bang for your buck with biscuits. Ooh, try and say that fast. No, ooh. No, I don't think I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So yes, on the on the subject of drones, actually, we were just saying about that. The uh, the other thing that was announced in the thing was the, the Prospector drone. This was really interesting. Um, I didn't realise that they were going for this route. So the idea with the drones is that they're effectively universal, and you can fit a different task into each one. So the control model that fires them, uh, you can give them different tasks. So for example, this one, the Prospector drone, will go off and dig into an asteroid and it'll give you a mineral analysis. So you don't have to go around when you're doing the mining and pick out the asteroids one by one and find the one which has that 70% palladium in and that, that kind of thing. Now you can just fire off a couple of drones, get them to uh, come back with that information for you, and then uh, effectively be a bit more smarter about how you're doing the mining and, you know, just save your time overall. Grant, what do you feel about that, mate? Well, I was just thinking, the Prospector drone, it does sound awesome. Can it find you a life partner? <laughs> 
Wrong kind of prospect, I think. Damn it. <laughs> is that like, I don't know, the equivalent of plenty of fish in the in the sea, or like the online dating, plenty of drones in the galaxy? <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry, I just I had this interesting sort of strange voice from behind me shouting, Oi! <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. I might be needing a prospector drone soon. <laughs> oh dear. Well, I, I think these drones will look quite interesting. They're a bit like the kind of pods in Thunderbird too. You seem to be able to fit different kinds of things into each mm. of them and then fire off to do a different task. Yeah, that's an interesting idea because I, I, I imagine them being like, uh, take up one ton of cargo, you have so many of them. And we touched on this in the DDF, this idea of having robots that you can assign to different tasks. And I, I think it, it makes perfect sense. I mean, really, you know, 1,300 years in the future or wherever you are, it's, the, most robots are going to be pretty universal. You can just get them to do whatever they want. They're going to be pretty complex, intricate machines that can do any kind of crazy task you so wish. Um, so yeah, it makes absolute sense that you basically just give them a, a command, get on and do this, be it, be a prospector, be a uh, a cargo retrieval drone. It doesn't matter what you throw at them, you just let them go nuts. Have we spoken about the fact that they're going to be like disposable one-shot? It's, I think that was touched on a couple of weeks ago, but that, that is an interesting thing, actually. So that, just to catch everyone up on that, I mean, what, what it basically going to happen is you, you fire these drones and they have a limited lifespan. Now, I don't know whether that's tied into like a onboard fuel for the drone but basically once once you've used them once they can't be reused which is an interesting kind of balance mechanic i think they've put in there it's i believe it's something to do with the the way of stopping you from just hoarding dozens and dozens of drones inside your ship and just using them over and over again it gives you that need to come back and fetch more of them after they've been expended but it's kind of tricky because it doesn't feel very realistic does it i think i'd be happier with them being like limited use instead of like immediately disposable Mm. like i feel that that would strike a slightly better balance well that's just personal preference really i think the problem like you know you'd expect it to have wear and tear or something and maybe if you didn't keep up the wear and tear on them maybe it's a lot higher than than ship wear and tear if you didn't maintain it then you lose it. I think the problem is we don't really understand what the one use actually equates to until yeah. we start seeing them. So, I mean, one use could be yeah. that it completes that task and, you know, it kind of think of a drone, a mining drone, it collects everything and then it comes back into the port and then it fills the ports, you know. And then if you think about it, if you've got six drones in there and it's taking up six tonnes, you kind of want that drone to piss off so you can get that extra tonne in, don't you? You kind of want it to go... <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I am now yeah, a cargo canister. So. I suppose it depends on whether what you're after is worth more or less than the drone itself, right? Yeah, That's also yeah. a point to take into consideration. We don't know how much these drones are going to cost. Absolutely. I mean, how much did the the uh, you know the cargo crackers or what whatever those things were? Because they, they work in the same principle, aren't they? The hatchbreaker limpets. So they, the they were quite cheap, I think. They were... I don't know the exact price off the top of my head because I haven't used them very much, but I think they were relatively cheap. I think they were... No, I haven't used... Sorry, they run about about a thousand credits if I remember right. I did have some, mm. but the the problem with them, and this may well transpire to be the problem with drones, is I found that when I had them, the minute that became my active weapon, um, I might have a six or seven of them in my cargo hold, and because you know you hold the fire button just that little bit longer, and suddenly you've fired all bloody six of them out, and there's nothing. No. <laughs> so, oh dear. But it's not enough of a hit at all in the cost. The cost is really, 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 really cheap. So I'd imagine it'd be much along the same lines whereby obviously the more advanced and the better it is, the more expensive it is. 
but in <clears> those circumstances, it really has to allow you to make your return price, you know. And I think yeah, any mechanic that encourages people to go out somewhere and then come back in is good. I love that about exploring, that you can't just radio in your information. You've got to go as far out as you can and then come back in to get your money. So I like that idea. Although maybe that's what an exploration drone will be. You'll just fire it back and it will fly back for you. That'll make it nice and easy. <laughs> I could do with one of those right now. Still about 12,000 light years away, but anyway. I mean, yeah, like you said, on the, on the subject of the cost of these things, if they're a few hundred or a thousand or so credits, I can see us making up that, particularly as we've got these new minerals being added in, the painite and the osmium. Now, osmium, I believe, is a, like a silverish kind of blue metal, and painite is kind of a, a red, ruby-like gemstone. And they, these are crazy expensive. I've managed to see painite for sale in some markets for around... 36,000 credits a ton, I believe it is. So I'm hoping what? this kind of... Yeah, that's it's crazy. If you, if you manage to find an asteroid with that in, you don't stop until that asteroid is gone. Um, it's, Good grief, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. If you manage to find that stuff, you're, it's quids in. But it kind of reminds me of the old Frontier Elite 2 when you were lucky enough to find that one asteroid that spits out gemstones. It's like, yes! You know, I'm going to make a fortune from this hole. So I think it's, it's, it's a nice thing that they're trying to consider how the balance of the mining works. Um, the one thing we don't know about it, we know the cost of these things, but we don't know how rare they are. Now, painite on Earth is incredibly rare, but we don't know what sort of quantities we're going to find out there in ring systems. So we don't know how valuable it's going to be and how worthwhile it's going to uh, be for the mining community. I don't know. An obtainium will go home, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. I do wonder, so with with the other um, minerals and materials and whatnot that you get from mining, is it a similar availability to those that we see, like, on Earth, like, percentage-wise? Has anybody ever looked at that? Well, yeah, this... Uh, uh, yeah, I'm sad I've, I've looked at this thing. Um, <laughs> I, well, I, figured, I figured if anybody's looked at it, it's probably you, Crash. It's so. the geeky one, yeah. yeah. So, so the, 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 typical, the typical levels of abundance on a planet, um, they vary wildly across you know different solar systems and stuff like that and it is based on the the, the mass available in that region and also the age of that region. If, if, if you're in like a relatively young area of the galaxy a lot of proto stars and and uh, you know the kind of early stars that haven't formed into a full uh, solar system for example there's not going to be a lot of the heavier rarer elements but if you're in a region of uh, space where there's a lot of the older bigger stars and there's been supernovas maybe some nebulas then you are more likely to get some of the heavier elements in those sort of regions. Oh, I'm just going to interrupt you here, and I seem to be overwhelmed by the amount of people that have turned up round late. Um, (laughs) uh, I think I might have to start retreating or run round the station and see if anyone follows. I'll be right back. (laughs) Brave Sir Robin. (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah, so, the, so the, the densities in different regions of space will vary wildly. So the sort of abundances of minerals that we see on planet Earth are, uh, are not really a good judge of what we might find out there. I mean, hopefully you, you could find ridiculously high-density regions of uh, particular metals and minerals which would be worthwhile. So uh, mm, it's, it's going to mean a whole new prospecting uh, kind of side of the game, trying to find these really, really good metal rings and uh, mineral-rich rings and stuff so I'm, I'm, I want to get back in my mining vessel <laughs> I, look, I look forward to seeing people dropping canisters of painite instead of uh, instead of platinum <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me some gold <sighs> I don't trade in such worthless metal <laughs> how dare oh, well, you I'm, sir 
<laughs> I mean, um, it's my naive attempt, well, my lack of experience with uh, uh, mining. I take it platinum is something you can only mine. You can't actually find it anywhere. Uh, you can't, you know, it's not available for sale at a station. I, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I've seen it in some stations, but that may have been because other players were dropping it off. Um, but myself, I've only ever picked it up from mining in asteroids and things. So, you know, when, when I've seen it in other stations, it's very, very low supply, like uh, very, very difficult to get hold of. But yeah, you do get those missions that are asking you to find certain kinds of metals and, and materials. And I believe the whole point of those is to encourage you to get out and uh, mine for certain rare goods. On the subject of extracting minerals, one of the other interesting things that was hinted at in the uh, in the update was the idea of both low and high intensity extraction sites. So this is going to bring a little bit of variation to the resource extraction sites you see cropping up in the ring systems. And then the idea of a low intensity extraction site, they're going to have less minerals possibility there, but it's going to be more secure. It's going to be more uh, uh, police vessels flying around in there. So it's, it's safer. It lets you kind of ease into that experience. And then the higher intensity extraction sites, they're going to have be uh, much better resources, but of course, a lot more dangerous. Uh, higher chance of piracy, for example. I, I'm really keen to see how this plays out because I know a lot of people since the Wings update have come in have been really, really eager to get into the resource extraction sites. They've been a hot spot of activity lots of players really enjoying those now so i think it's, it's going to be a nice kind of introduction to get people into that that uh trying it out but then also having more of a challenge at the upper scale uh grant do you uh, do you think that's something you want to try out sir <laughs> i have not touched mining and it's kind of like space jigsaws isn't it it's kind of shoot then collect the pieces and then try and fit them together to make yourself a full canister or something and it's <laughs> it's it's one mechanic i really have not touched yet and I'm kind of chuffed but that I'm actually trading and doing well at trading at the moment so it's maybe next on my my list of uh, things to try so maybe you know coming into this uh, particular update it's going to be a good opportunity to to try these things so um, I think I will give it a go and come back to you. But yeah, to, to find that it's kind of like uh, the conflict zones where you've got a definite hot spot for those guys that want to make the quick bucks and they've got the other guys are a bit more patient and don't fancy taking the risks. Um, they could go to the low intensity one, but it'll take them longer. So it's mm -hmm. nice to have that kind of rock, paper, scissors, uh, risk and reward introduced for mining because I think, you know, it is one of those unloved nephew of Elite Dangerous just left there in the corner to play with himself while we all had our fun with trading and fighting <laughs> and now it's going um can we have some attention please and it's getting the attention it deserves and i hope it's awesome because it will you know it's definitely something i will try and um if this makes it easier to get into then i'm all for it absolutely well, also, don't forget i mean sorry, cast someone... your mind way back to alpha and all that there's also the other side of the coin, isn't there? The vigilanteism. You don't have to mine. You can get out there and defend the poor little miners. Well, you, you said oh, oh, defend them. I was yeah. thinking rob them. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what would make that work. And it's again, it's down to... Oh, it's a mechanic, because if you think about the, the limp... The what do you call it again? The the, the hatch buster uh, module. It requires their shields mm. to be down in order to hack on. So if you've got a player who's playing, they have to. You know they've always got shields, and most commonly they've got shields. So they're going to see that you're shooting at them. Wouldn't it be nice if mining involved you having to put your shield off? Ooh. Yeah. Then. 
that's that's high risk strategy there and and the wonderful thing about that is that this little hatch buster unit could be attached and you could be filling it in one end and some guy in his anaconda sitting right behind you filling himself from you and i think that would that'd be awesome so either that or they have to have some kind of way of taking someone's shields out in a, a kind of less obvious way there's that's not for me to decide i can't even think of it myself so you know why i would expect them to come up with a solution other than to possibly have the mining laser turn the shields off because that could be quite funny no i mean i must admit when we went back to alpha 2 and it was the first time we did all that oh what's it credits and ethics was the the scenario ethics and credits awesome that's the one and uh, we were flying around there and we were watching all these poor little sods of miners just happily zapping away at rocks and uh, nobody attacked them because they knew because you knew as soon as you attacked them that was it every other (laughs) commander was on you before you knew it now i do they're gonna have to make mining a little bit more lucrative than um bounty hunting at the moment just to get people to 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 take it up Uh, i I mean i think in most mmos it's always this kind of mining mechanic that always comes around last but in some cases you end up making the most money from it yeah absolutely it's, it's one of those kind of like baseline elements of the universe is what everything else is built on isn't it is bringing those resources and minerals to the markets but it seems kind of the the poor cousin of all of the other uh, kind of uh, things you can do in the game which is a shame Moving on to the uh, the last topic on there, and this is, uh, in my eyes, this is my favourite element of this dev update on there, is this, the changes to the unidentified signal sources. Now, they've been getting a lot of flack. I mean, everyone's kind of unanimously agreed that the unidentified signal sources seem a little bit contrived in a lot of ways, and you get that kind of uh, things popping in front of you, and, oh, look, it happens to be that guy you were looking for. You know, one out of every three unidentified signal sources. And, you know, even the guys at Frontier have said that it wasn't really the intended behaviour. They wanted to do more, but this was what they had available at the time. So I am absolutely praising to the gods because they're talking about changing this. Now, the big thing they're talking about uh, with this is things like uh, assassination missions now won't be a hunt from point to point, find the signal source and find the guy. You're actually going to be able to see the uh, NPCs floating around in super crews and you have to hunt them down and chase them down so it makes it a bit more realistic. But the big speculation, and this is this is the interesting thing I want to know, is they also mention there's other things elsewhere we might see these signal sources. But uh, Lisa, do you think this is a good change? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's sort of a no-brainer really, isn't it? Um, yeah. You know, the unidentified signal sources, whilst they serve a purpose, um, you know, it's not the best not the best implementation everybody knew that the devs knew that it was sort of i think everybody sort of knew that it was a a short-term fix um and it's great to hear that they have bigger and better plans for encountering stuff i'm hoping that we're going to start seeing like you know maybe uh sort of um illicit bases and you know stuff like that that'd be pretty cool yeah absolutely there's, there's so many new possibilities that can come out of this and that's, i'm really really keen to see the variation they they're going to be able to put in and that's one of the big things they've been hinting at in power play is the entire mission system has been completely overhauled to support this kind of behavior so i'm, I'm kind of hoping we see things like npcs having a bit more of a meaningful 
place in the galaxy. They're, they're going about their business, traveling from A to B, and you're really going to see uh, these these NPC names cropping up again and again. That kind of thing we've been talking about. But uh, I think it's really really interesting. Colin, how do you how do you feel about this, mate? Well, this is this is one of the things that we've really been waiting for. One of the problems that with uh, the mission structure at the moment I've always found is that I've kind of missed that thrill of the chase. Because when you had uh, the assassination missions in the old uh, in Frontier and uh, First Encounters, you were given a ship name, you were told a certain time, you went there, you waited for them to turn up, and then Mm -hmm. you chased them, and then you chased them through hyperspace, and then you could chase them through, well, the equivalent of supercruise. And it, yeah. it's nice to see that they're heading more in that direction because I do think that's one of the things that was missing. That, that a little bit of, oh, he's gone over there, I can intercept him, <laughs> fire off a interdiction tether and, and all that kind of stuff. That's, that's what I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I absolutely love that. was one of my favourite mission hierarchies in the, in the earlier games, getting that, uh, well, it wasn't called a frame shift wake scanner, was it? It was a hyperspace cloud analyzer back in the day. Uh, I remember the days. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it was a completely different mechanic and I really, really enjoyed that and I'm glad to see they're kind of going back to that that basis that the, the original games used to follow for that but I'm, I'm hoping they kind of build on it and make it even more intriguing. I like the idea that um, the assassination mission saying hey you're going to find this guy somewhere between Lave and Shinrata Desra and you, you know he, he's going to be travelling along, you might find a couple of wakes as you're jumping along, you might have to get ahead of him uh, and you know really kind of amp up what the possibilities are with assassination missions rather than that kind of point to point because as much as I I love that uh, that original structure in the in the uh, assassination missions. The the main aspect of them was that timing, wasn't it? There that they were going to appear at two p.m. in the afternoon on this day from this station. That doesn't really make sense in the multiplayer universe anymore. So you're going to need an NPC which is has a purpose and is moving from one place to another, and you have to kind of intercept him along the way. I think that's going to be really really interesting gameplay mechanic. I can't wait to try it. Awesome. So if we've got uh, no other points to cover on that, I think we should. Uh, pop an advert in soon hopefully we can catch up with the uh, the guys in the chat soon and we will uh, catch you just after this natural remedies have always been some of the galaxy's finest so when we discovered a wholly natural way of slimming down and reducing your appetite we had to share it with everyone harnessing the amazing powers of our native parasitic life we've solved an age-old problem Vega Slimweed has been used by settlers of the region for decades with undeniable results and significant health benefits. If you think that Vega Slimweed could be the solution you're looking for, speak to your doctor today. Travelling with Vega Slimweed ingestive may constitute smuggling. Please check before your journey and declare yourself at customs for an internal search. Failure to digest does not constitute grounds for reimbursement. Side effects may include but are not limited to increased blood pressure and heart rate, insomnia, nervousness, blurred vision, restlessness or headache. Some forms of parasite may cause stomach side effects like constipation, dry mouth, nausea, or vomiting. A small sample of patients exhibit full body paralysis, catatonic state, and internal hemorrhaging. Parasite must be purged before pupation, else death will occur. And welcome back, folks. Yes, so moving straight on to the next topic, Newsletter 71. Some interesting little pieces of information in here. Uh, I think everyone was absolutely screaming about the uh, the peak of the week that was in the newsletter. This one. Yes, the Imperial Courier has been confirmed, and it's going to show up in PowerPlay. I am so keen to get out of this one. Yeah, for those of you who don't remember, of course, this was the, the iconic ship from the Frontier Elite 2 introduction. Uh, 
Um, so it has a special place in, in a lot of people's hearts, and I cannot wait to get out of one of these things. I don't know how much it's going to cost, but I'm assuming I'm going to need to sell an arm and a leg to get it, and it just looks absolutely stunning. What do you guys think about this? Well, we've only seen the cockpit in the, at the moment, and admittedly the cockpit, single, uh, it's got just a single pilot in it, um, the cockpit looks absolutely amazing. We don't know what the final version of the ship's going to look like. Uh, and that's going to be interesting. Cause I do like the look of the clipper. I do like the look of the clipper. Mm. But you do wonder whether or not everybody's got this really big expectation for it. And when it arrives, and if it's not going to meet that expectation, you'll get a lot of people going, hmm, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I do know that there are a lot of empire files. Is that the best way to destroy them, who are, are just so stoked for this. They want their something imperial. Yeah, <laughs> I think one of the things I've heard from a lot of people is, it better look like the imperial clipper. It looks super stunning inside. Although it does look like Apple have designed a small baby deer to be used as the console there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, look, there's a thunderbolt. That's the weirdest description I've ever heard. (laughs) Well, it does. It's kind of like the canine of the Elite Dangerous World is going to be this strange deer-headed display. It looks, it looks spectacular. It really does. And oh yeah, I think you know, any time there's a new ship that appears, that we all kind of get that kind of. Oh, I wonder what it's going to be like. <laughs> We've got to get and try it. It's going to be awesome. I think, and it, it looks like something special, doesn't it? It looks like the premium ship in Elite. This is the one that all the pretentious, money hoarding swines <laughs> want to fly. <laughs> Look at me. I bet it doesn't even have any skins because only an idiot would mark that ship up with a skin. No, gosh, no, no. It's got to be Puritan. I wonder if they're going to be demand of the future for deer heads in the centre of the empire. <laughs> <laughs> so you, we've got a couple of spare uh, Bambi mums. Do you want us to bring them along? Yeah, so all of that white that you can see on the console, that's ivory inlay. <laughs> <laughs> I would not put that past the Imperials at all. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, and, and of course, the, the, the fabric of the seats, that's got to be hand-woven with those eyelashes of the beasts that David Braben was talking about. Yeah, uh, for the hunting expansion, yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. All lovingly constructed by the finest slaves in the galaxy. <laughs> Waxed with the earwax of slaves. That's what gives it its beautiful shine. Okay. It was better than slave skin on whole street. A creepy bit too. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it is, it is a fantastic looking interior on that ship, and I think they, they are being coy on the uh, the outside of the ship, because of course the original concept they put up, they, they had the, kind of the uh, the backlash of the, the firelighter uh, comparisons. <laughs> yeah, not, people weren't very keen on the engine nacelles and all that, so they've gone back and redesigned it again. Um, I, I'm just going to be really, really keen to see it again. I know a couple of people uh, will be eager to help with me. There's, we've started up a new well, on the forum, one of the things that we're planning on doing is trying to reproduce the Frontier Elite 2 intro as a nice little video clip. And now this has been confirmed. That kind of kicked me into high gear and said, right, I'm going to get this project on the on the go now. I need to do this. <laughs> so I cannot wait. I just need to save the money because it's going to be expensive, I can tell. <sighs> but never mind. It's a fantastic looking ship. 
So one of the other uh, important things, very important things in the news actually, is uh, Frontier have come forth and said that uh, they will be at Gamescom this year, which is nice to know that they're uh, they're letting everyone know ahead of time. I think with some of their other announcements, they've kept it rather late, and a lot of people have not been able to to get to some of these events. Now, uh, Gamescom is is a big one, big European uh, games uh, convention, and it's well worth getting out there if you can. Uh, I know flights are pretty cheap this time, so if you can get out and meet the guys out there, I'd be fantastic to see uh, some more of the community getting out there during that time. Uh, do any of you guys uh, fancy flying out there for a Gamescom? Do you think you can get the tickets? <laughs> I, I fancy going. That doesn't mean I can afford it. <laughs> Wait, are you, you're not taking us, Kirsch? I thought we were <laughs> going with you. Yeah, we're not going on a, a late radio road trip. What's going on here? Oh, well, yeah. I, well, Unfortunately, I, I, I don't think I could ever work up enough good husband points to be allowed to do that. <laughs> Just for, for the non the non convention goers out there, where is Gamescom con? Sorry, where there you go? Where is Gamescom this year? And what might? Because I'm not sure what would be on there. What, what what would I see if I went? Well, I mean, it, like I said, it is a big gaming convention. There's a lot of different things going on there. A lot of the big titles you'll see from all of the publishers all over the world. It is kind of like the consumer version of E3 in the year. You, you get to see things early on. Um, a lot of cosplay and, and other events going on as well. So it's really awesome. I remember last year when we went there, it was just awesome to see all these characters I recognize kind of strolling past us in the street as we were bringing things in. It's just so surreal. But uh, yeah, it, it is a fantastic event, loads of really friendly faces and uh, things going on there um, and obviously last year Elite was obviously in the, in the kind of the business section, getting uh, people down into that and that room on the Mad Cat stands, but I'm hoping this year they're going to have a bigger presence, that would be really, really awesome unfortunately I know nothing else about what Frontier are planning for it, so uh, I, I really want to know what's going on but I just don't, I don't <laughs> And it's in August this year isn't it, August the 6th to the 9th? Yes, yeah, I believe it is, and I think that is in Cologne in Germany, in the Cologne Messe uh, Convention Centre. Yeah, so, it's uh, a beautiful yeah. city, so you know, you, you should make people should make a longer trip of it if they can, if they do go, because it is a is a lovely German city as cities go. Yeah, it is absolutely. I really enjoyed sightseeing around it after the uh, the event. Uh, it was it was really really nice place to visit. Actually, I, I absolutely have to go back there again sometime when we're not uh, rushing around like mad <laughs> trying to demo the game. So the uh, probably the the biggest and most interesting thing for a lot of people in the uh, the newsletter from last week is the control alt space competition huh see what they did there control alt space yeah yeah i like uh, that <laughs> next week we tell them they're all going to take us down the progress bar yeah. it's like they've got keyboards <laughs> or something <laughs> So for those of you uh, who haven't actually caught up on what that is, they are running a competition, which is really, really cool. So the idea is you should be creating an original piece of uh, film uh, using a small segment of audio, which has been recorded by Frontier, and to make something which will be uh, judged by the guys at Frontier, and the winner will receive the first Elite Dangerous Community Award. So that's a unique ED medal, which is awarded to players who make an outstanding contribution to the community. So I think this is a this is a really nice touch um, that they're kind of showing that they're they're really happy about the the positive. Uh 
contributors to the community and the things that everyone's been doing and they want to kind of just highlight those people just give them a little bit of a boost i think i think it's a nice thing and rather than that uh monetary reward it's more of a kind of hey look at the great stuff this person's doing i think that's really really nice but any of you guys planning on entering anything for this competition i'd love to i've, I've actually i didn't realize it was quite as um structured with the fact you've got the music track to use and a video track to use and there's, it's nice to have that kind of condition because you know it's interesting to see how people can come up with these things in in different ways it's kind of like the Drabble competition we run where you've got the theme and people can either go for that theme or they can really twist it and warp it so I'm really looking forward to it I'd love to to give it a go actually myself um, and I have many ideas of things that I could try and get away with <laughs> but they said original so my Elite Dangerous version of Reservoir Dogs is out then <laughs> I mean, I've started pulling something together for it, but I must admit, I'm finding it a little bit difficult to come up with something a little bit more exciting than just uh, a fly pass. And, and you know, it, it's, yes. And um, I mean, the music is 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 quite soothing, so it kind of gives you the thing that it's got to be like a, the Blue Danube docking sequence or something like that. But uh, We've seen that before, so I think what they're looking for is something new or something different. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting competition. I, I've been trying to think of something that I would do. Like I said, I, I really like to do the uh, the Frontier Elite 2 intro, but that's going to take way much more planning than I could possibly squeeze into this time. I think it's running up until the 8th of May, so anyone who does want to get in on that and uh, get involved in that competition, they can go to the EliteDangerous.com website and you can go to the page slash en slash film competition to find out more details there um but yeah hopefully good luck to all of those who give that a try and i'll be really really keen to see what comes out of that there's this something um, there that's quite interesting it's the elite dangerous film competition 2015 now not being one to read anything that's not there into anything at all, but that does make it sound like there could be an Elite Dangerous Film Competition in 2016. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> you, I like where you're going with that. But that's mm. awesome. That is absolutely um, awesome because um, having this kind of structured thing always encourages people to be inspired and to use the new updates to maximum effect. I mean, we've seen the video that was made, we talked about last week on the show, and for the life of me, the name has completely left my brain, but it was the user-made dramatisation film, which was brilliant, you know, fantastic, and this is going to just inspire people to go and then once they've had a shot at it maybe they'll start making more and more and more however I do have a slight niggle a slight niggle about the the prize about this thing and I could be you know as as I often am speaking right out the arse but it's the prize that I've got a slight issue with so I've not got a problem with the the nice hardware and stuff like this, but this community award, it's a community award, Elite Dangerous Community Award, a unique Elite Dangerous medal awarded exclusively to players who make an outstanding contribution to the community. But this is a competition. Is that a niggle for anyone else, or is that just a niggle for me? Well, I kind of know what you mean on that. Um, It's this kind of a, well, surely, I mean, we've already seen that there are plenty of people out there who really do stunning videos. And I'm, I'm, you're kind of there thinking, oh, what, why, why are you running another competition when it's obvious that these people will <laughs> win? <laughs> it's just, um, but it's nice to have it as an acknowledgement for the community, though. 
I mean, I certainly agree with that. That's a nice thing. I just I, I somehow I feel like this kind of competition is is maybe the wrong medium for this uh, this prize. See, I, I'll disagree. I... Sorry, Lisa, on you go. Sorry, no, I was just going to agree with the both of you. It feels like you know if you're going to reward a community member for an outstanding contribution don't tie it into a competition um because it sort of it blurs the lines of what you're asking for as to what you expect from the community and you know there's an awful lot of talented people out there that's you know it that is without a doubt a thing like it seems like every week we see a new amazing video from somebody or other that is absolutely breathtaking in one way or another um capturing something that we've not seen before and it's amazing and i just wonder you know like yeah i just agree with you guys i I don't think having it as a competition is the best way to introduce the award and also you know what else is going to be eligible for these community awards yeah i mean to to me the 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 issue that sort of sticks me i think having a, a a film competition is absolutely amazing because you've got guys oops that are making fantastic videos that are beautiful but they're, you know, if you get someone that does a fantastic video that's got that that kind of breathtaking, silent kind of leaves you sitting there with the, that was an amazing story, then that could easily trump the most stunning visuals, you know? So I think there's definitely room for people to get creative and I think a film competition is a great idea. My, my issue is having a community achievement award attached to the prize, as you said, Lisa, to, to that solely because in theory, somebody could come who's not been in the community at all, put in a fantastic entry using, I don't know, whatever equipment at their disposal, as they should rightly be able to do it, and then walk away with a, uh, an outstanding community award. Yeah. I don't have an issue with a recognition at all, with it at all. It's maybe just that I would have liked to have seen them pick from the community people that have that kind of... Everyone, you know, for example, you pulled Karash out, or you couldn't give him anything else, but, you know what I mean? <laughs> you bring Karash out and said that he was this outstanding community uh, deserving of this award, you couldn't argue with it, although people... Would... Yeah, I mean, with a, with a community award, you maybe want somebody who's got a little bit of history um, so that it's really clear that they are an integral part of the community and what they do contributes towards it significantly. And like you said, if somebody just sort of pops up from outside who, you know, happens to be a film major or, uh, um, you know, study media and has all of these skills uh, or does it for a living and goes, oh, yeah, I fancy a pop at that. Um, But then we never see or hear from them again or before or whatever else. I think people might go, why do they get a community award? Well, you know, it's a beautiful piece of filmmaking or uh, like a wonderful story or whatever else that they think will be deserving of these awards. Like, what's to... Like you said, what's to stop somebody from just popping up and then disappearing and, you know, it not being a community thing, it's just a individual competition thing. Yeah, I think I'm looking forward to I mean, to encourage people to be creative is awesome. And I also think having the Elite Dangerous Community Award is uh, an amazing step forward to acknowledge some of the digital warriors out there that have worked tirelessly and un- without I any recognition any recognition at all from 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 what they're doing i mean they've got people that absolutely jumped from the elite dangerous forms into those steam forms and instantly started 
piling the information over for those new players. You guys are amazing. Thank you for that because you're helping a new group of people find their way to the Elite Dangerous addiction. It's kind of like, yeah, maybe they could change it to the Elite Dangerous um, Addiction Pushers Award. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I I think the award itself is awesome. And I think we we all kind of... I wasn't sure if it was going to just be me, me that kind of sat there and went... Oh, oh no. No, I think I think what we're trying trying to say is both of these things individually are awesome. Yes. They just maybe didn't need to be lumped into the same thing. Yeah, is that Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I, know, I I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, I absolutely feel the same way. Is it is it it, it moment there's just too much ambiguity between what it means for it to be an award and it seems a little bit strange that you know like you said someone can come in who hasn't been making a, a long-term sustained contribution to the community and then suddenly boom there you go you've got an award it seems a little bit odd, odd to lump the two things together but they, they are trying i think it's a nice thing they're trying to do to show that they do appreciate the people that are having a positive impact on the community and it is open to to their judgment and what they decide is the the best contribution so hopefully they will see that uh, the in light of what the individual is doing rather than just the the piece itself so fingers yeah. crossed if, if you don't mind indulging me in a little bit of speculation briefly mm-hmm. obviously for this particular award, for its introduction, it's going to be linked to the to the film competition, reg- regardless of what we think. Um, what do we think it might be associated with in the future if this is the route that they're taking? Ooh, wow. Um, so many things that could be covered, really, isn't there? I, I don't I know. know. Sorry, it seems a bit unfair for me to ask that now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm what? just really curious. It's one of these things that we're really in a, in a, in a diff- as community providers um, and mm. contributors, we kind of fell in. I would imagine that we'd fall into that kind of slot of being people that would be recognised as their work for the elite dangerous community. But there's we also, didn't know about that. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe we could be disqualified for disservices to the elite dangerous community. That's probably, that's probably a bit closer. <laughs> rampant uh, speculation, but there's an awful lot of people out there that are creating their own groups. I mean, I think, you know, uh, anybody that's created an Elite Dangerous group that's grown to some kind of successful, recognisable level. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. again, I'm going to mention names, but purely to get an idea of, you know, to give an idea of where I would think that there's a recognition there. So you've got the likes of the Mobius group and other groups like that that I maybe don't know of uh, that create a community and promote good playing of Elite and the fun aspects of it. They, they're, they're a community... Definitely worthy of community mm. awards and recognition. Then you've got, and dare I say, it, the moderator team. But that, you know, they're not going to get anything. No, no, we're, <laughs> we're, we're the scum. Maybe uh, like those guys. Nah. They're, they're being punished. But then you know, the, yeah, the likes of I can see Collins mentioning code. You know, yes, they're creating something. They're commu- they're you know, they're contributing to the either enjoyment or the challenging aspect of the game. So by all means, it's called emergent them. gameplay, folks. Emergent gameplay. Yeah. Yes. Emergent gameplay. But anybody that's adding to the game and, and, and creating that kind of 
um, excitement and a reason for people to get involved, whether they get in, you know, so angry about it, they go, I'm going to go and sort them out and get involved in the game. Um, people that are out in the community raising charity, using Elite Dangerous to sort of promote the game and, and to raise money for charity. These guys are great. The Twitch streamers, there's another sort of community input and then as I said before the people in the forums that are offering help and assistance to people regardless of how many times they've answered the question they don't lose their temper and they still go through it and when that person can't seem to solve the problem they stick with them until they've done it and those are the heroes out there that deserve this award and and I would like and, I can't and doesn't it wait. make it a difficult thing right because everybody in a large percentage of the community is so helpful and creative how do you start to distinguish between them to award yeah. people stuff yeah. like i don't um, envy frontier trying to implement that and pick people or pick things or pick whatever i just that's that seems like an endless task <laughs> i suppose that's the thing isn't they have to pick something which is a, a single discrete topic which they can judge exactly. something on and that's that's what they're trying to go for here they, they yeah. want to shout out and kind of congratulate the people that are helping things i mean there's so many little things on the forum which have been you know for example commander nutter's uh, exploration guide for me was was absolute inspiration for me to get out and do some more exploration and there's some great little community projects even the things which aren't you know directly media created like uh, the videos and, and audio uh, elements to it, things like that, the little PDFs, the guides, the the infographic things that some people have done. Uh, we touched on the, the Twitch streamers. You know. Yeah, go on. Elite, the Elite Shipwreck Yard, I mean, what a, an yes. amazing tool. Tools, the, the yeah. Thruds and Swoopies yeah, and... Oh, yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, and maybe, maybe they could do it in some kind of way where they might acknowledge and, and create a category list. You know that way that some forums would have the their end of the year awards and recognitions for people that have been in that forum oh, doing things. We should, yeah, there should be like the elite version of the Oscars, right? <laughs> <laughs> we all come on Twitch. Best forum thread goes no, to. And every, you know, they, have one really category. That as a section for Leadcom, we could have the Lead Radio Awards. That sounds sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be, there'll be a lot of lot of drunken cheers, the most impressive beard or something. Or oh, I don't know because it's his hat. Do you not remember how long that raffle went on for? Oh no, it was endless. No. Which one? Uh, Leithcon or Fantastic Con? Because both of them just went on and on and on. But free stuff is cool, kids. Free yeah, stuff I mean, is you cool. Complain at the at the generosity of of some people to donate those, that many prizes, but. It did go on for a really long time. Oh, how many mugs? We don't want... <laughs> all you of don't, them. You don't want Never to reduce it to uh, right. And the winner of uh, stuff at all the prizes is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, it, it, it's an interesting idea. I mean, it, it's nice that they they're trying to do something, they're trying to give back to the community. But I think it, it needs a little bit more uh, structure about how they're going to go forward with that and what other topics are going to come down the line later on it'd be really nice to see what other ideas they can come up with i'd like to see some of the the other things which are not necessarily media orientated getting some attention there that would be really nice so uh final thing on the newsletter uh before we move on this is really really cool now i i immediately saw the title spectrum elite wall art and of course my my retro alarm bells started going off but no we're not talking about the classic 8-bit computer we're talking about some uh, fantastically hand 
carved and crafted and painted wall art of all of the uh, the ships in Elite Dangerous at the moment. Well, most of the ships, I'd say, at least. The, uh, some fantastic little uh, details in here. You've got the Sidewinders, roughly uh, about the size of a one-pound coin, and then right up to, I think the Clipper is probably the biggest one on there, so it looks like we're just missing the Anaconda. Again, some wonderful creativity out there in the community to see all these ships handcrafted and painted on that and some really nice detail that's gone into them uh do you, what do you guys think of these uh these ships on here they're adorable look at how cute <laughs> they are i'll have to post a link in um in, in the, the live chat yeah. but oh my goodness they're so cute i did like they they must somebody must have used a laser cutter surely Oh, sure. sure. Well, I mean, actually, I think uh, the description was is a many, many errors with a scroll saw. So, ouch! Oh, my goodness! <laughs> yeah, like, I, I mean, remember so using a, a scroll saw when I was much younger in you know various different woodwork classes or whatever. Mm, so, yeah. you know, props to props to them. That's ridiculous. Yeah, so much little intricate details, and, and like I was saying, it's it's not just like one piece of wood cut out. It's all the little the panels and the edges all cut out as individual sections and hand painted. And yeah, it really does give you a sense of the scale to see all of the different ships lined up next to each other. I think that's the really nice thing. I'd love to see how big an anaconda would be next to those things. That would be really intriguing to see the sort of scales we're talking about on these ships because people don't realise how big these damn things are, you know. So uh, yeah, but it, it's fantastic, and this this is the kind of thing I love seeing out of the community, and it just makes me think where are those lego models i want the lego oh no i'm a big fan of lego <laughs> yeah we just have to put up with those paper models that i was that i was making i'm afraid craft yeah they're good too I, well they're lovely i love those too does anybody else looking at this wall art get the urge to take like one of the ships and scale it up massively to make it like a wall mural <laughs> That would be cool, yes. I'm just saying. Oh, I see they're sort of glued down to the, the piece. That, that is awesome work. Mm. It's beautiful. Yeah, all oh, the tiny amount, I still don't think my wife would buy it. You know, she'd still say, no, <laughs> that's not going up in the wall. No, but it, it is it is really, really nice. And I'd, I'd love to see these little creative things come out of it. I, I'd love to see some of these 3D models that are coming down the line. Oh, that'd be nice. But anyway, right, we will leave that there with the newsletter and we will get back to you with the main discussion point very shortly after this next advert. Greetings, Commanders! Ambassador Crash here, and you're listening to Lave Radio, the hottest show this side of Dizzo. Join us live every Tuesday at 8.30pm BST for the latest news on Elite Dangerous and the fantastic community behind it. You can also chat to me live every Friday at 8pm BST on the official community Twitch stream, Crash Landing. Lave Radio. Crash tested and approved since the year 3200. Welcome back, folks. Oh, I hate listening to the same way on voice. Uh, <laughs> so moving straight on to the uh, the main discussion points for this evening, as we've been waffling along on all the uh, the interesting stuff in the newsletter, uh, the Galnet news update. So, uh, Grant, do you want to fill us in about some of the things that have been happening in Galnet? Absolutely, I do indeed. And it's been actually one of these weeks where I, it actually deserves a bit of...
we need to go so 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 newsy we do with this one <laughs> who needs the bbc yeah, so Galnet News has got uh, a number of headlines that have occurred over the last week. We have Torval apologising for the Sintain This is why I don't do live news broadcasts. Slave snafu. And I think, you know, my headline would have been Frontier uses the word snafu in Galnet um, <laughs> for this week. We have the Silver Allied Network implicated in an attack on the Emperor, the hunt for justice as they try and work out you know, what to do and who to kill. Um, we have the investigation into the... Okay, so there's three stories that are related to the attack. We also have a wonderful little community-bred um, story where the East India Company announces its Galactic Silk Road. So I think we'll start with the kind of what's been going on with the senator and the most sort of recent... Um, attack on his life which is kind of you know it's a strange one that one because if someone's in a coma they're kind of really under their own attack so do we really need to try and I don't know like you've only got time on your side really haven't you yeah it's, it's kind of one of those waiting games we're doing nothing so yes I'm trying to look and see there was um, uh, an all out attack on the Nehet Silver Ring was what Arissa Levigny Duval has um, decided to try and push for um, I think this is obviously one of the community goals as well wasn't it because they had the, the whole slave issues as well so it's yeah. been quite a, quite an interesting sort of lot of stories let me just check and see I did have this already, by the way, and I've just gone and closed the blooming window and lost it all. Never mind, technical problems are not my thing. Um, but yes, we had the whole <laughs> community slave uh, competition that the Imperials had fired up with. Who can get? Who's got the best pals that will bring them the most slaves? And, oh, is this uh, the, the Great Slaver Showdown? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that seems to have concluded. Um, where they have now, let's see, during the competition, I'll, I'll read this about during the course of the competition, Ailing Angels freed an impressive 1,149,756 slaves, but this effort was dwarfed by supporters of the Imperial Slavers Association, who provided a better way of life for 2,387,567 non-citizens. That just means um, slaves. <laughs> and recognition of all those people who took part officer or the office of senator torval released the following statement to galnet I would like to thank our participants for the overwhelming support shown for the Imperial Slavers Association and the Imperial way of life we represent. Sadly, even our state-of-the-art facilities couldn't get the almost two and a half million new recruits ready for sale in such a short space of time. However, we built a very neat mincer, and we have some nice... No, that's not what it says. However, never let it be said that Zemina Toval does not keep her promises. Senator Torval sounds a lot more blokey than I remember her being. <laughs> She's just, you know, it's all these slaves and shouting. She's gone a bit hoarse. <coughs> in honour of the Empire, for She's the glory of the chain house. smoker. <laughs> of Duval, and in recognition of all they have done to advance our people and culture, Senator Duval has... Did, oh, now it's not her talking. Senator Duval has today authorised the sale of five million imperial slaves to be made available in the markets of Lagerfist Gateway. Five million... Imperial slaves, twenty percent off our regular retail price while stocks last. (laughs) So slaves are going cheap. (laughs) Come on down for a great deal on slaves. Mm -hmm. And then, then then I think there's there's another 
Yes, Torval apologises for the sentienti sentieni slave snafu. So yes, they they are supposed to make five million imperial slaves available for a significant discount. It's all a con. Much to the dismay of hundreds of eagle imperial traders, the slaves and their associated discount were delayed by members of Prince. This is just Frontier covering up another mistake, isn't it? <laughs> Slaves? What slave? <laughs> These are not the slaves you're looking for. Yes, so they're actually going to bra- blame the Princess Duval that she stopped and delayed the shipment of slaves through that system and uh, meant that they weren't able to make good on their promise. It's a shame. But reports from those close to the Senator state that she was furious when she learned that the Princess Arissa had, had seized her shipment. However... In light of the Silver Allied Network incident, the Senator is said to have since seen the wisdom of the investigator's actions. And, oh dear, that means they're going back on it. In a statement released earlier today, Senator Toval had this to say. It is with deep embarrassment that I must apologise to all those whose businesses were unfortunately affected by the ongoing investigation into the attack of our beloved Emperor. I have no doubt that Senator Livingney's agent acted with the Emperor's best interests at heart, as do we all. I indeed, I urge those hard-working loyalists to come and partake in the fantastic selection of discounted produce we have available for sale at Sea and Teddy. A fresh shipment of Imperial slaves is currently being prepared for sale at Legavrist Gateway. The sale is now officially on, as promised, <laughs> but stock levels will remain low until the new shipment arrives there later this week. So get your arse over to Centeni for some cheap slaves. On sale now. So I don't know what you guys think, but it does sound like um, potentially the programmed discount didn't work. And I, don't, I don't know if I'm buying slaves or a DFS cipher. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe both. I'm very confused right now. <laughs> well, if you buy enough slaves, they could arrange themselves in such a way that they'd make a very comfortable sofa. Excellent point. No need for anything from Oak Furniture Land. Just buy yourself enough slaves. <laughs> but again, it's it's another indication of uh, Frontier being extremely proficient in turning a potential issue into uh, an amazing sort of storyline. It's awesome. <laughs> I, I love the way they've done the tie-ins on that, actually. It's hilarious. I mean, all I'm thinking myself is I've picked the, the wrong damn couple of weeks to wander off to the centre of the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, there was, there's that. And then, of course, you've, obviously we've got all the, the news stories of the the different sort of uh, investigations, hunting down who attacked the Emperor. And we've got uh, Princess Arissa, who, while not running sales in the local shops, um, has been encouraging people to hunt down and find who the heck is behind it. You can see she was disrupting large-scale criminal operations in Nehet and Mictlan, and hundreds of Imperial commanders loyal to the princess descended into the system in force, and the fury of the makeshift fleet shattered the local gangs, and within 24 hours the fighting was over. And information uncovered during that strike led investigators to LTT-9810, a system under the protection of Senator Zemina Torval, and there it became apparent that a rogue division of the LTT-9810 Silver Allied Network had been acting as financial consultancy service for some of the more successful Imperial crime families. So they're really sort of building this kind of 
dark and twisted imperial underside where they're all nice and polite. Well, they're not even nice and polite to each other to their faces, but they're even more nefarious and dark and unpleasant under the scenes with this kind of uh, backhanded, put some funds into some other people's hands and let them do the dirty work for them. So it's a lovely representation of, of that. But if I was to be critical of Galnet... What's the Federation doing? Yeah, that is a very good point, actually. It's very focused yeah. towards the Empire at the time being. But that's fine. But then again, what's the Alliance doing? Why are we not getting <laughs> some interesting sort of group cross cross storylines coming in here? But um, yeah. they've asked, you know, the Princess, as, as I feel duty-bound to pass on a message for, seeing as I'm floating in Imperial space at the current time, and I'm very much like a floating log in a river. Uh, so I don't want to to bring the Imperial fleet's uh, anger down on my myself because soon I'll run out of electricity and my shields will cut off. But the princess has requested that members of her fleet remain close to Akinar, and uh, the next stage of the investigation will begin soon. <laughs> oh, that, that, well, that is intriguing, though, isn't it? I mean, with Powerplay just around the corner, they, they've always been hinting about this idea of the Cold War heating back up again. Maybe it's just gearing up towards that. That would be interesting. All I know is, hearing all this stuff now, I really just want to get back and get involved in some of these community events and all the things I've been missing out. I don't know whether it's just the, the sheer isolation and loneliness of all the exploration <laughs> I've been doing, but it's just like, it's like, damn, this thing's really fun and interesting. I want to get in with this. It's just not fair. <laughs> yeah, and, and the only thing in Garnet that's the that's possibly going to sort of drive us on in some some more conversation is the East India Company and it's announced Galactic Silk Road. Um, I'll, I'll read the article because it kind of explains it. I've got a slight issue with the phrase Galactic Silk Road, but that's just me. Um, the East India Company, one of the larger pilot federations members, recently announced. <laughs> don't know why I put a pause in there, recently announced a new initiative they are calling the Galactic Silk Road. This is a public trade route available to all and features 17 of the most highly profitable stops in civilised space. Although profitable trade routes are nothing new, the East India Company spokesperson in charge of the route, a Commander Bunny, announced that the organisation will provide protection to those traders wanting to benefit and has even gone as far to say that arrangements have been made with the Federal Navy, Mercs of McCunn and the Merchant Marines and other factions which are available in order to patrol the route and protect traders. The new route is named after the famous 4,000 mile trade route across Earth's continents of Europe and Asia, first seen over 3,000 years ago where merchants made large profits trading silk cloth while the wealth helped with the emerging cultures along with the route to prosper and develop. So I'll go through quickly the stations, then we can have a sort of debate on whether or not we think this is a good thing or not. The stations involved in the new trade scheme are Gentle Hub in Harm, Haya Orbital in Arjung, Lichtenberg City in Skirth, Oran City in Kaliki, Austin Market in Boma Sturdy, Weaverport in Fengatanga, <laughs> Fengatanga, Fengatanga, <laughs> Kepek Orbital in HIP 9989, Hutendok in Popo Kassa, Watchman Vision in Leleni, God or Doc in Zai Wang Mu, Henson Gateway in Dehen, De, Dehenib. God, I wish they would put proper names or he's like Bob. <laughs> Gianta Gateway in HIP 7916, Gould Ring in HIP 830O, Haral Enterprise, Nadar Hub, Fabian Term, and Kag, Kagwa, Kagawa Vision in Naida Yiman, and 
I personally think it's emergent gameplay, isn't it, Lisa? That's the buzzword of the day, apparently. Or buzzwords <laughs> of the day, yeah. It, is it? it is. I don't really understand what impact it's going to have on on the economy and the stuff running in, in the background that deals with all of that and how long this route will stay profitable for. But it's an interesting it's an interesting move. Uh, thematically, I quite like it. Uh, whether it's practical with the background simulation, I do not know. I suppose that, that is the tricky thing, isn't it? They need something which fits in with what everyone's doing with the, the whole meta game of trading and everything like that. But still, it's got this nice little storyline tie-in. Of course, they, you know, they've got the hooks so that they can tweak around with things and make things more or less profitable uh, just, just by tweaking various values in the database. But is it actually going to fit in with this story? I'll, I'll be intrigued to, to get back to doing some trading, actually, as soon as I get back to civilized space. But, uh, yeah. I, I I I like the fact that they've tied it in to not only what the community is doing, but they've got that nice little uh, tie into it going back to the East India Trading Company. Because I was going to say, I, was, I swear that is something from like ancient Earth kind of time. So that's that's, that's quite nice. I'm not sure how it's going to work though. Yeah, but that, that was in the time before anybody could afford silk pants. But now, since then, we've all been sitting in our silk pants and silk bedding, causing sparks every time we try and move. I think you know it's a. Uh, Ah, it's them fixing the problems of the other groups going unchecked, and I think that's awesome. So it's kind of like this wonderful... You've got the Imperial carry-on in Galnet and, and all their wonderful power plays and different moves. This is the player groups moving their chess pieces. This is them saying, come and have a go if you think you're hard enough, and I love <laughs> that. I think it's awesome. But it's also them saying, look, you know, if you're in-game and you're new and you're worried about griefing... Come and trade in these systems. We'll watch your back, and and that's a nice thing as well. That's inclusive. So, I think it generates it generates interest. It generates a story. Um, it keeps these players that are part of these groups interested in playing the game, and it gives them something to log in for because they're going to police these. Uh, it's a win-win situation as far as I can see, and I can't wait to see which one of the pirating groups is going to take them on and create maybe another community goal involving community players and not NPCs. I think that'd be awesome. And I can't wait for a Frontier to do the first sort of introduction of a new faction based on a community group, because that's going to happen, isn't it? It's, it's got to happen with all this. It's, it's getting so big that, you know, you're going to find that the likes of the East India companies, or well, mind you, they've picked a name from in-game, haven't they? But, you know, it'd be nice to see that someone brought in a group from the outside and brings it into the game and then gets recognised for their continuing work and their newsworthy articles in Galnet and suddenly you get a creation of a, a 1% influence named faction with it. then there can be NPCs that are part of it as well so I'd like to see that happen from this kind of thing yeah yeah no that sounds really really cool I mean, anything which encourages the larger scale groups and everyone working together to some end goal like like the community uh, awards and all that kind of thing going on I, I like the idea of that so anything that really encourages us to to work together uh, guilds I think is a hot topic at the moment I've heard lots of people talking about it and wanting that kind of thing but uh, just these these overall community things that you want to do, I, I think are really going to push us down that road of uh, working together. 
So, uh, I've nothing else to add on that one for the time being, but I am intrigued to see how it's going to play out. We'll move on to the uh, the next topic we we're going to talk about tonight, which is uh, the whole PvP versus PvE debate. Now, I know there are a lot of uh, uh, polar opposites in the community. A lot of people are very opinionated on what is right, what is wrong in all this. Um, I, I, myself, am pretty open to any way of playing uh, uh, I'm not. I'm. I'm pretty unbiased when it comes to the whole, whole debate, really. So, Colin, is, is there anything you want to say about uh, the whole debate? I'm quite up on this whole debate because normally I play in open, and uh, I normally don't have a problem. Most of the commanders that I come across are, are quite pleasant. I haven't suffered so far from being interdicted uh, outside, you know, one of the community goals uh, until last night on the way here with the orange sidewinder. And it was just one of those moments where I thought, I'm out and open, and this this guy, I mean, he just just yanked me out of uh, friendship just for a laugh. I just thought, you know, if if this this vulture could have completely totaled me if he wanted to, and if I'd been carrying something which was basically... I mean, everybody's there saying, always carry your insurance, but you're right back to that heartbreak where if you'd been taking that risk, and he decided just for a laugh to vape you, you're right back to the sidewinder, and then you, you at that point there, you'd be there thinking, I'm never going to play in multiplayer or open again. <laughs> and I don't think that the PvP, that the people that go on about PvP really understand that kind, that level of how they're pushing people away into the PvE groups and, in, and away in, into the solo mode. I mean, I like the fact that the solo mode is there. It's as good as a it's good as a backup. Sometimes there are times where you just think, you know, I just can't be bothered dealing with other people. But, you know, it, it's, if, if that continues too much, I mean, you can see it in Reddit. There's a lot of, I think it's unfairly attributed to be dangerous, but there's a lot of talk about the amount of griefing that goes on. I mean, personally, apart from that one incident, that's, that's all I've had. But if the game starts getting a reputation, of just being a griefless paradise, a bit like um, I don't know if you played Jumpgate uh, before Elite Dangerous. That had a you know multiplayer ships, multiplayer ships. It was all Newtonian, and I couldn't play it at all because the amount of griefing that went on at all. You just launched and someone had you. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. but and it, it it will if there's too much griefing going on, then it's going to ruin the game. I think and, this and is, it's this a is difficult problem, one to resolve. This is the balance that Frontier have been trying to strike since the very, very beginning, is that how do you make something which has that peril, that risk and reward, but at the same time doesn't become frustrating for the victim? Because ultimately, in any PvP experience, you're going to have someone who loses area, and this is this is the trouble. Now, I can say from, from personal experience, I've only really ended up in, in a couple of PvP situations a few times, and most of them are... Uh, been it like combat scenarios and things where you'd expect some pvp to action uh, to occur but in a couple of occasions i have been interdicted and i've had people just attack me because they know who i am which is really pain in the backside and it did you did have that that moment of that haze over the eyes and it's like this is just really annoying and frustrating and i wanted to just quit out of it but i you know i got away i i logged off thought about it and i thought well i was in open it, I was fair game, you know, if I didn't want to get attacked, then I should have been in solo. So I like the fact that I can switch back and forth. But like you said, it is kind of segregating the community in a lot of ways, and there, there needs to be some way of keeping everyone together and happy. Grant, do you have anything to, to add to that, mate? Well, yes, I mean, this has obviously been a, a long 
long-running debate that will always go on because it's called Elite Dangerous and therefore the danger factor has to come from the NPCs or from other players and I don't particularly mind losing a fight. I've had one episode where I was pirated, uh, I think I was doing a rares run and it was, you know, stop, give me cargo or die and I ran and then they interdicted me again and then I ran and then they interdicted me a third time at which point my frameshift drive had failed even though I wasn't resisting, it failed which is good because I think a mechanic like that where I tried three times He's fair game, fair game, and he blew me to bits, which is fair enough, because I ran, and I've got no issue with that, because obviously now I always fly with insurance, um, and therefore it's not that much of a pain, but losing cargo, I see, I think I'm more at risk of myself. I think I should have EVP, and that's where the game plays for me. And I sit back and don't touch anything, and that way I can't screw it up for myself because I am the biggest risk. If I could play solo mode where I don't fly my ship, I would do better. I mean, I'm struck. Isn't that, isn't Your record Eve? with Station Wars is pretty poor. It is, and now I've got no fuel in an Orca that I just bought last week, and I've not even been able to fly it for more than a day before running out of fuel <laughs> and casting it adrift. But, you know, I, I certainly find that the people that are around me when I'm playing make it so much fun you know and the griefing aside because griefing is a totally different issue PvP Mm. is not about griefing PvP is a potential for griefing and it doesn't necessarily mean that you will be griefed but there's something special about playing in solo and you can't push that enough that when you do your trade run in solo and you jump there and you know you're really at the edge of your shields you know your ship's limping back to port when you land in that system and you see those hollow icons on your scanner your heart beats but you don't get that in in solo mode so if you can create a reason for people to play and risk in the all group into the open game then you're encouraging that kind of play and using the likes of ignore lists, making them you know, a bit easier to create your blacklist for players that are griefing and to deal with griefers quickly and effectively, then the game still becomes this kind of you know, play it in the open group for the maximum elite dangerous experience. Solo group is for there for the days where you have had trouble, you have had your finger burned in a particular system and frankly you want to get that particular mission done or that particular run done so you can get on with your gameplay. And mm. it's there for you to then bypass that obstacle that is other players because griefers are a different kettle of fish PVPers, I mean how many people do we hear say they've been pirated, they drop out and they get the spiel sent to them in the text they drop a couple of cargo cans or they have a wee chat with the pirate, they have a bit of a giggle and they move on feeling that maybe they've been robbed but they've been treated well by that person you know, it's, it's kind of Ah, I got robbed by this guy. And the next time you go, oh, God, it's not you again. Same rates, you know. I've got a couple of barrels of bio-waste in the back. If you could take those for me, that'd be great. (laughs) It creates a universe. It creates life that you cannot have with an NPC. So if... 
if that pull of the excitement of the open group is not enough to get you to risk being griefed, if the excitement factor of being able to meet somebody new and fire them onto your friends list for future gameplay, if that's not enough, if the wings hasn't given you the ability to group up to make yourself feel a bit more less vulnerable in open mode, then I'm not sure what the Frontier can do to try and appease you. Because griefers are going to be dealt with. They're going to be finding themselves in these little solo instances. They're going to find themselves, in, you know, with a really boring game. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I love the fact that if you are caught using cheats and stuff, you might lose access to the game. But the Elite have the ability to lock you out of that universe, to exclude your statistics and your input yeah. from affecting the game mechanics. And But on the level of, I always feel bad for somebody. You know, like the wee 12-year-old kid that logs into a game and <laughs> runs a cheat hack that's like two years old and insta-bans themselves, and now they can't take part in it because they were daft. But with Elite Dangerous... Mm-hmm. It's not that cruel. It's it's right. You know what? You're an idiot. We're not going to let you it's, play it's with the other kids. It's about distance, right? Yeah. And uh, I think other games have managed to implement that quite successfully, and uh, and it has been very popular amongst the rest of their player base. Where, well, if you're going to be a griefer, we'll put you in the same instance as all the other griefers, and then you can all grief <laughs> each other, and won't that be fun? <laughs> yeah, and I, I think this is one thing I, I wanted to try and highlight actually because there there was a lot of flack going around on the forum just recently about people witnessing hacks and you know it's the whole OMG Frontier aren't doing enough and it's like well they are doing things that the things are being recorded behind the scenes they're trying to be fair and they're trying to make sure they've got enough statistics and information about someone persistently doing that, just like you said, Lisa. I think people need to remember as well is that just because those sort of things are probably on Frontier's radar, you sending in a ticket and going, I saw this at this time with this commander name uh, would probably be quite helpful uh, because then they can really nail down what they're looking for in in their data instead of just hoping for the best which sometimes that's all you can really do when you know, okay, well, there's this thing going on, but we haven't got like a specific instance of it because nobody's pointed out a specific instance yet, not in so many details. So I can only encourage people if they see strange behavior or what they think is a hack, much like in any other game, raise a ticket, tell somebody about it, make a make a noise about it, not an unpleasant noise about it, but say, hey, I don't know if you noticed, but you know, it's a polite thing to do. Absolutely, and I think that, that that is the important thing. Raise a ticket and be patient. That they are paying attention to these. They can't immediately resolve these problems. They have to go and gather enough evidence and make sure that this person genuinely is breaking that's the rules. The if and you're exporting. going to put restrictions on something that somebody has paid for, you sort of have to be damn well sure that you're within your yeah. right to do so. Exactly, exactly. It could just be a network glitch. It could be quite a few things. You can't just go in and waving the uh, ban hammer around. You've got to be absolutely certain that there's something going on before you can go and do that. And that's that's what they're doing at the moment. So I think that's the lesson really is to, if you see anything, you report it and just be patient. They are dealing with it. They are fixing these things. And people have been dumped into solo instances already. So uh, don't worry. Things are being done. Colin, have you, have you got anything you wanted to add to that, Mame? To be honest... I think I think the whole thing has now been completely covered. Uh, what the last thing I'd, I would like to say is that you do have to make the differentiation between griefing and 
pirating. You know, like as much as I don't like what they're doing to the alliance systems in the old world, the code, they do have these kind of ethics, which is supposed to be, we'll give you a warning, um, we'll have a chat, and if you drop your cargo, but if you don't, then, then you're in trouble. I mean, that kind of thing, I've got no kind of problem with that. What I do have a problem with is basically people who are just out to cause misery for other people who, who just will attack for no apparent reason. Yeah, yeah, and that's, like I said, that, that I experienced that myself, and it, it is annoying, it is it is frustrating to see uh, uh, the behaviour of people that are doing that, and it, it, it kind of spoils the experience for, for you at the other end, the, you know, the victim end. Uh, you, you can you can learn from that, you can report them, you can block them, you can move on, and I've had some great experiences as well, like, like we touched on earlier on, the, the whole idea of wings. I've had so many more people uh, coming up with invites and just saying, hey, do you want to wake up? And that's great. That's a brilliant experience. I wouldn't have had that if I wasn't in open. So there are some fantastic uh, emergent things that can happen on that. Yeah, just looking in the IRC chat, and it's quite interesting, actually, that you've just given a very positive experience from Wings. And it seems to be that some people have got the opposite experience with Wings, that Wings has enabled space bullies, uh, Commander Payne is saying, and that um, he believes that Wing has pushed more players into the solo modes and group modes than, you know, than, than was by the normal amount of griefers now. Again, griefers, we are specifically meaning people who go out of their way to ruin other people's gameplay, not engage them in in PvP. PvP and griefing are separate things. I think we've made that really, really clear. And griefers are also completely different to exploiters, although griefers tend to use exploits to give themselves an unfair advantage. And there are exploits that have been fixed in recent bug dates and things as well. There's loads of different things. I've loved some of the proper features that Wing has brought to my trading experience and we found a way of optimising it so that you don't have to do your using the nav beacon so you don't have to do the full runs one of you does a run to one station and you wait and you can then try and reduce the times and it's all affects your profitability <laughs> but you know because you're not going to make as much money as quickly if you're waiting for another player to be ready so you can then jump to their location but there's wonderful smart and clever ways to use the game and only when it's not been intended to be used that way can it be called an exploit only when you break the game mechanics in order to achieve something can that be called a hack and these are all people that should People who hack should be banned and pushed into a game on their own, if at all. People who mm. use exploits, well, if they're you know if they get too much of an unfair gain, then possibly there's a reason for them to be corrected. But most of the time, exploits, as we all know, are something that gets detected and then gets closed, and only in the exceptional circumstances are is actions taken against people that have been using it. Uh, and I think that's probably the best way to deal with them. So those are the three things. And groups and wings. I I love wings, and I think it's more of a positive force personally than a negative. And you know, Commander Payne, I'm really sorry, but it does raise that point for the new player who is new to Elite Dangerous, jumps in the game for the first time, and much the same as when you join Eve. Like for example, I played Eve, and I'm the only person in my group of friends that plays online sort of games like that the rest of them are all too busy doing things like you know going out to pubs and meeting girls uh, 
<laughs> I'm talking about when, when Eve was you know, it was about a couple of, you know, a number of a lot of years ago actually. But those kind of games, if you've not got friends playing with you, it's very difficult to get involved in in creating your own wing. So how do you get to enjoy the positive things? And I'm not saying Commander Payne that you have no friends. I don't want to make anybody flounce out of the IRC chat this week. <laughs> what I'm saying is it's a shame that there's not um, a good way in the game for a new player to find themselves a wing to find themselves a group of friends new friends to bring them into the game other than to find a group in the forums or Mm. to be lucky enough to stumble across somebody in game that's willing to take them in or it is one of the unfortunate side effects of of a multiplayer game yeah, but the yeah. other thing is, of course, if you're listening to this and you are a new player and you're looking for people and you're, you know, you are struggling, you need to come and join our uh, our Skype chat room and you need to come and join our TeamSpeak server at <laughs> laveradio.teamspeak3.com. There's no passwords and there's often people in there that you can chat to, ask questions, and we would love to be able to help you. Are you trying to people. set up some sort of group dating service again? <laughs> Elite Meet 2016. It like that. Not at all, but it's just, you know, there's people... Hey, pilots, let us put you in touch with other pilots. <laughs> it's the pilot exchange. Let Rave Radio find your match. Oh, that saying. sounds like the setup for a new advert. Fill your wings. Fill your wings, nope. Rave Radio. <laughs> no, stop it. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. But no, I think you raise an interesting point there. Is, is I would absolutely would be more than happy to help other players coming into the game uh, and wing up and buddy up with people who need help early on in the game. I think that's something that I I, I would love to be able to do, but the, the game just doesn't have that kind of mechanic to uh, find you early on in the game and give you assistance. So that, that is something which I think needs some more support going forward. But I think we, we, have, uh, we have come to the point that uh, it, battle is never going to be won. I think it's going to be a raging argument from for now until forever in the Elite Universe. So we will leave it there. We will have, play a quick advert and then we will get back on with the next topic of the evening. Career. Choose a cargo, choose a fucking big shit. Choose palladium gold and electrical tin openers. Choose good health, local estrel and ship insurance. Choose fixed interest loan repayments. Choose a space station. Choose your friends. Choose leisure wear and matching luggage. Choose a paint job and hire purchase and a range of fucking colours. Choose decals, exploration, and wondering where the fuck you are on a Sunday morning. Choose sitting in that chair, running mind-numbing, spirit-crushing trade routes, stuffing fucking junk food in your mouth. And choose rotting away at the end of it all, pissing your last in the void, with no one out there to hear you bury or do anything as you drift away in cold space. Until some fucker comes along to steal your ship, your cargo, and your clothes, leaving your bones floating out in space. 
Choose your future. Choose life. But why would I want to do a thing like that? I choose not to choose life. I chose something else. Are there reasons? There are no reasons. Who needs reasons when you've got onion heads? Welcome back, Commanders. Yes. Oh, i got to love that advert. Awesome. So I think uh, we will move straight on to the questions that have been raised this evening. First off the list here, we've got uh, Jesse Backstrom from Twitter. Wants to know, ship speculation. What roles do we think the ships in 1.3 will fill? So, of course, we know about the uh, the courier is obviously going to be in there. Uh, we've got a... Grant, do you know what ships are coming in 1.3? <laughs> I've we haven't had anything confirmed, but there has been this thing about the diamond back, whatever that is. The diamond back, that was it. So that we got the diamond last back. Week's, um, yes. newsletter, wasn't it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. The Diamondback, the Courier, and, well, we know the Corvette is coming around sometime, hopefully in this update. The Crate? <laughs> the cr- that one just thrown oh. out there for Mr. Yang. Don't, don't do that oh. to our listeners. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we know, we know that one, there is one commander in particular that you mentioned the Crate to, and he, and he just starts foaming at the mouth. Because it's be not in this game. <laughs> yes, this, you are on the Snuffler kill list again, Grant. I can tell it. <laughs> Please don't kill me, Snuffler. Um, I think they're someone. The helpful IRC channel. Another snake. <laughs> the federal one. Another snake. Brilliant guys. Oh. You guys. You guys keep us right. Although mind wipe is no, suggesting the it, panther. No, wasn't there the federal? Uh, was it the federal? Oh, the Corvette. Co- no. That's the one, the federal corvette. Yeah. That was oh. mentioned, but we haven't heard anything from it since. Yeah, things. No, we thought we saw the really nice um, concept. Was it the concept art? Is it? Oh, it looked like a mini star destroyer. There was, there was con- con- uh, concept, and then there was a, a render as well. I think. Yeah, because there was t- there was talk about how it's b- it will basically be like the biggest. There's the biggest pi- pilotable ship. Like that, yeah, the, the, the biggest federal ship. ship, and it does look a, like a mini uh, federal battle cruiser, doesn't it? It's absolutely enormous. Ooh. This thing is uh, the kind yeah, of I'm... ship that I can boost into the back of the station, and the station moves. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think, I, I think I the question would. itself is: what roles do we think? Yes, yeah. So, get, so getting back to build. the. Uh, <laughs> Back to the question there. Um, I think for myself, I definitely see the the Diamondback being a good multi-purpose ship. It's going to fit somewhere between like uh, the 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 Conda and the the no sorry the the Cobra and the Asp. So, that sort of size, that sort of scale, very very multi-purpose. The Courier, obviously, it's going to be one of those really really nice Imperial ships. You can you can do uh, some good trading and everything with. That was what it was always best at. Really large cargo bay on that thing, and you could do it in style. Um, and then, of course, uh, the Corvette is definitely going to be um, a, a fighter. I absolutely think that's going to be a fighter. Uh, Grant, what do you think, mate? I would love to have... It doesn't look... Maybe the Diamondback might be a kind of... No, no, I don't, really, really hard. Because all I can ever see in these ships is they've got gunny bits, and that makes them combatty. Um, you can't really see the kind of slotty bits for the cargo, so I would love... 
I'd love another cargo ship, another bigger cargo mm-hmm. ship. Not because I've got loads of money, but because frankly, I love. I, I've in, I've really got the trade bug, and I'd love to see one that had massive, big, huge things that maybe fuel tanks, fuel, fuel tanks. <laughs> you definitely need that. You are hoping that the Diamondback is going to really be an in-flight refueler for you at the moment, don't you? <laughs> Yeah, with with very strong orca detection, so that when someone goes, I've got fuel for you, then they say, where are you? I can go, uh, I don't know, <laughs> floating in this dark bit of space. In fact, I logged back in, and that nice big purple star isn't there. I don't know where I've gone. I've drifted since I've logged off. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. You have this last <laughs> grant. Seriously. Oh. <laughs> well, Colin, mate, what do you feel about the uh, the Corvette Diamondback and the Courier? What do you think roles they're going to fill? Well, obviously, the, the Corvette, and we have been reliably informed by Mindwipe from the IRC channel that it's the biggest federal pilotable ship, not the biggest pilotable ship. Just just something to put out there, just to make sure that everybody's happy. <laughs> but that definitely is going to be a fighter. That's going to be the big federal thing that you take into a system to make people scared, I think. Um, the, the Diamondback, I'm trying to, trying to work out where that would fit in. I mean, it looks like a Lakin, so that implies it's multi-role, or even trader, because Lakins are, are, are normally traders, aren't they? Um, but it it does seem to have those those diamondbacks look like the wings of a vulture, so it could be another multi-purpose. But we all know that the Imperial Courier is going to be basically your show-off ship. <laughs> this is like this is the Ferdinands for the next for the one point three. Everybody's going to want one of these. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And uh, Lisa, what do you think about these three ships? It's much of the same, really. Um, obviously, we can only speculate so far, which we which we do an awful good job of. <laughs> um, yeah, the Diamondback's a bit of an unknown because uh, has it appeared in any of the uh, any of the previous Elite games? I, I don't believe it has. I think this is the first time. We've I'm wondering. Seen it. I'm wondering if it's if it's a ship that we might recognise under a different name, maybe that they thought actually that name's a bit rubbish, so we'll just change it to something a bit cooler that is also a snake or <laughs> is a snake or something. I don't know. Um, like uh, I've been, uh, so I spent some time looking at uh, the um, at the cards for um, for Elite, the original like sort of shape stuff. The ship, yeah, and, ship yeah. Yeah, because uh, I've got like a, a whole list of them, and there's nothing, there's nothing really that's that's like that I can compare to the concept art that that they've put in front of us and say, oh yeah, it's absolutely that. But obviously, you know, they've taken, we know they've taken some licenses with with stuff that already exists already. So whether it's something new or something old under a new name, I don't know. It's hard to say. I I suspect it will probably be a, another multi-purpose ship. Uh, because I think there is a, a, a gap for that yeah. in the pricing structure that is that is there currently. Because I was looking at that the other day, like the the price scaling of different ships and their roles and, and stuff. Somebody have made a very handy list, um, and I definitely think that there is there is space for another multi-purpose ship. But I can't, for the life of me, conjure up at what price point it would be. <laughs> um, yeah, the Corvette's going to be a fighter, obviously. Like, there's no there's no doubt beyond that. Um, the courier, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure about the courier. Maybe it will. 
make a good exploration ship or i don't know i don't know do it in style <laughs> yeah absolutely no i think you, you went along the same lines of thought i was there as the the price gap between some of the ships definitely makes it feel like it's something that's going to fit as a as a mid-range all all in one sort of vessel there uh so we better move on to the next question really quickly on here we got uh chris wright on facebook wants to know do we know whether frontier plans on fleshing out giving more background and technical data on components eventually in the game and um, what do we think about some audio or video things like uh when you come into a state having the specific station name shouted out over a tannoy, I believe he means there, uh, like they do with the docking request granted, denied, all that stuff. That's an interesting thing. I was thinking earlier in the week, because I have these sad thoughts and I think about this kind of thing, um, I was wondering, you know, they really should have more interactivity in, in that kind of thing uh, to kind of encourage you to feel a bit more connected to the game. A lot of the stuff that's happening at the moment is very text-based. When you bump into an NPC out there, you don't really get any radio comms or anything like that. I think something which is a bit more audio-visual would encourage people to feel a bit more connected to the game and uh, it, it, the whole experience feel better on there. But uh, what do you think about that, Colin? Well, um, wasn't there a point where there was plenty of... Um technical information but all that's been removed i remember seeing there's a whole load of extra uh components right when the game launched and they, they seem to have disappeared but uh well, that is one thing that we do need a, a little bit more of though is a kind of indication of um, what equipment might be available after the at, at stations but there is one other thing that I will agree with, uh, and the audio about the docking. I do think it's missing a little bit of flavour, where um, you have you don't hear the NPCs talking; you, they, they're just all in text. And I know I know it's an awful lot of work, and I know it's a big ask. But when you compare that to freelancer, freelancer actually it it creates a a, a less isolated atmosphere but you had all that kind of stuff where you would dock and it would tell you that kind of thing but uh yeah it's fine i mean personally for me it's fine as it is but i do know that it could improve a little bit but whether or not it's worth the effort of doing it is another matter but yeah i think you know that does it does add uh an element of engagement for players and i think you know certainly way back in the beginning we covered this uh in early 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 live radio episodes where we were talking about what we'd hope to see in the game and then this was kind of flattened out by frontier with a nice clear no we will not have voices in game at launch (laughs) not ever (laughs) and i think that's a great potential but the problem you've got is that if you have voices and you choose english then you're creating issues where you're making a rod for your own back i think it needs to be decked out with some more i'd love to hear comms chatter at stations over your radio you know and all that kind of stuff you are position four in the queue and that would be awesome um as for the technical data i think frontier having to kind of keep that out of the route because balancing is always ongoing so the information needs to change ever so slightly and rather than have people come relying on out-of-date information i think that's a, a wise move that's my opinion anyway back to uk <laughs> yeah absolutely lisa anything to add no i no you guys have nailed it basically which you know pretty good <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it's just a question of uh, the the cost versus the benefit really isn't it is it well, worth yeah, frontier putting all that with anything to do with development that's always going to be is is it going to be worth it 
yeah, to get yeah. the voice actors back in or more voice actors. It's yeah. Uh, so another question on Facebook, really quickly. Martin Forrester asking on the year: Is there any update on the potential of new books? Uh, wasn't there going to be an Escape Velocity movie? Is also being asked there. I don't know the answer to that though. No, I think he's getting confused with the Leave Revolution. Revolution, movie, yes, which yeah. is yeah. still on the cards. New books, yeah. They've talked about the new media licenses, so that should hopefully include that. I know there's a lot of authors desperate mm-hmm. to get in. Mm-hmm. And a new series mm-hmm. of Escape Velocity, I can answer this quite perfectly on Chris Jarvis's behalf. Beep! <laughs> <laughs> he would love to do Series 3, but he has got a heck of a lot of audio work on his books on his lap to get through first before he can even consider it. And then there's the issue of he would really like it to be official and these are things that will hopefully, hopefully, his dreams will come true and we can announce the third season of Escape Velocity and where you can get it and how you can get it at some point. Um, what's the word again? Uh, soon. TM. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and no, I, I know there was some stuff that was mentioned a couple of weeks back about the new licenses and all, so I, I mean, I'd be uh, really interested to see where that goes as well. But Martin, yeah, I mean, if you can uh, extend the Earth Day by a few hours, maybe that'll happen uh, sooner rather than later. <laughs> Uh, one more question on the here from Commander Git from the IRC. What do the team think about the bounty caps that were announced today? So, yeah, so this was a, an interesting little server update that went out earlier on today. A uh, bit of an announcement for you guys. So, bounties have been capped at a million credits per faction, I believe, which is, you know, is kind of polarised a lot of people's opinions on whether or not it's fair to do it, but obviously it's been put in as a workaround to try and prevent people from exploiting various sides of the games. I think uh, one of the things people were doing was sitting there with gimbaled weapons, so they were just tag ships, and then the other NPCs would take the damn things out, so you'd get all the the rewards for it, which is a bit unfair. Um, but the question is, is that really fair on the, the people that were getting these big bounties legitimately? Uh, Colin, what do you think about this, mate? Well, according to Michael Brooks, there was only 62 players out of how many hundred thousand that actually have bounties of over a million. So you're not really affecting that many people. <laughs> so, uh, you know, six, unless you're, you're coming across, what's it, Commander Itchy Nipples, then you're probably not going to do much in the way of getting over a million credits. Yeah, I think that's the thing. A lot of, with a lot of these things, there's that immediate kind of, no, that's going to destroy everything. And I, and I must say for myself, I don't think I've had credits much over a, a few hundred thousand. And that's that's after spending a long, long time and not going back and cashing them in. So, uh, yeah, I think that's going to... Um, <laughs> That's not going to affect very many people. And just for the correction there, yes, thank you, uh, from the IRC, um, it's minor factions, a million credits per minor fraction. Uh, faction. Uh, so, uh, Grant, you got anything to add to that, mate? Well, yes, the, the thing I, I think is needs to be kept in place is the deterrent to build up these large bounties as well, because obviously when you have the large bounty and you're, it's collected, you then have to pay that bounty out of your capital. Um, I think that this should be one of these circumstances circumstances where the commander who can win that bounty a million pounds i think is perfectly fair it's perfectly good um i think that's you know more than enough to make it worthwhile however i think that the commander who has got the bounty on them should continue to accrue the fines against them so that they could still have a hundred million fine because they're bad 
<laughs> well, I think that, that was one of the things that they were hoping to cover with the exploit, wasn't it? Was the problem uh, people were doing was uh, they would team up and they would gain a ridiculous bounty against their head. And that's, that's one of the other things this is supposed to do, that you won't continue to keep getting the same fines for the, for the same uh, carrying illegal goods near a station, for example. That's one of the fixes they put in. It's to prevent people doing this really irritating thing of, I'll go and get a huge bounty on my head and then I'll just jump back into the, the free sidewinder. You kill me and then we'll swap and do the same thing. And that's what a lot of people were doing to exploit this, this little loophole there. So this is something to try and stop that, to put a cap on it, make it so that uh, the amount that you can gain from that is slow enough that it's not really worth the time and the effort doing it. You're much better off legitimately going out and gaining bounties from uh, combat and things like that. Uh, Lisa, do you think that's a, a fair summary? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't. Like you guys are. You guys have got it. You don't need me. What am I doing here? I don't know. Well, we got the benefit. I mean, I've been. I've been playing it a lot more. I think you've been really, really busy, haven't you? So you haven't had a chance to see what's been uh, going yeah, on. Unfortunately, that, I'm hoping. I'm hoping with power play, I'll get a little bit more time. Things will calm down a bit. <laughs> <laughs> around the orange sidewinder in Lave, we have a, a vast amount of ships and I must admit I've been very impressed tonight by the amount of vulture ballet that has been in progress but the commanders who are still here at the moment are Commander Archimbaust Babster Bewilderbeast, Commander Git Mag oh no, Mangunzium Commander Mindwipe, Commander Pain Sorab uh, oh, and uh, this commander, Baddy Dad, I think he's been about today as well. But um, thank you, everybody. It's been very nice and very colourful now that I've seen the new skin packs. Of everybody's been buying them up. <laughs> great stuff, great stuff. And uh, Lisa, who's joining us in the IRC chat tonight? So uh, in the IRC chat tonight, we have uh, Penguin, Archimbaust, Bewilderbeast, Commander Bapster. Commander Git, Commander Payne, Errant Thought, Fiverr, Goose4291, Highbite, Hover Mallow, Hold My Kidney, Ianim, Juntosh, Mass Bud, Mindwipe, Mr. Tea Time, Mutley, Nylon, Nyrus, uh, Phoenix D Fire, no idea who that is, or Psycho Cow, who cares about that guy, uh, Symbiote, Rivim, Riot Gradius, SLS, and Tubby. Excellent, excellent. Uh, and whilst we're going over all the shouters and stuff, I just want to make a quick point out saying we uh, we have currently lost episode 58 in the void. Grant, do you want to just fill everyone in as what's happened to episode 58? Yes, as everyone who was listening live last week knows, we had a ton of technical issues. As a result, the captured audio for the episode is full of missing audio and some glips and things. Now, it, normally we can quickly audio... Uh, edit uh, a live show recording and this week's audio should be nice and straightforward and out very quickly but it's going to take a full edit for episode 58 so we will get it up it may be a wee while longer before we can finish that edit it is uh, an intensive uh, process uh, I'm not even sure if it's equates if we can equate it to like for every one minute of audio that we edit it takes 10 to 12 minutes to do so but that kind of mm. puts it into uh, uh, the amount of work that's involved when you have to do a full edit we have to listen to it all the way through we then have to cut out the damaged audio we then have to make sure that it makes sense and then re-edit the scene so it will be a very different episode to the live show but we are on it 
and we will get up as soon as we can. And it's very likely that episode 9 will be available in the podcast before episode 58, but we will do our best to get it out. But it will come out at some point. <laughs> yeah, apologies for that, folks. Yeah, it's uh, one of those pesky time warps that things get stuck in. These black holes, they keep interfering with space and time. Damn them. But on to a positive note, of course, there's one thing I really have to give a shout out. I'm really excited about this myself. LaveCon 2015 is on the 11th and the 12th of July at Sedgbrick Hall Hotel in Northamptonshire. So uh, you can check out the website for the details on that, laveradio.com. And I would guess cannot wait to meet everyone there. It's going to be really, really awesome. So definitely, if you can uh, get in there, I think there are a handful of... Uh, no, no, I think the hotel tickets have all gone now, but there are some local hotels you can get to. Um, but yeah, I think there are some still some tickets for the event, so it's going to be really, really awesome to meet up with them again. I cannot wait for that. Uh, and one more thing on the show tips on there. So Commander Wipe, uh, Mind Wipe, thank you very much for this, explaining everything about Uncle Art here. He's done a, a special program to take you through uh, the history of Dave Lowe's work and the Kickstarter that he's running at the moment. I'm really keen to see... Uh, how this is going to turn out. I really want to see those uh, those classic pieces of video game music recreated. So if you want to find out some information about that, you can head on over to tinyurl.com slash UncleArtMindWipe. There we go. So, that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch, then you can email us at info at laveradio.com or you can send us a message on facebook.com slash laveradio or Tweet us on Lave Radio on Twitter. You can join the Skype chat by adding Fozza101 to your Skype contracts, or you can join in our TeamSpeak server where the commanders can come and hang out and chat and talk about all things Elite Dangerous. That's at laveradio.teamspeak3.com. Thank you very much to Colin, Grant, and Lisa for helping out tonight, and thank you to all those commanders that have joined us outside the Lave station. But until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, Fly dangerous. Is your life like this? Someone having an orange inserted. Need a safe one. Two seconds, I'll be right back. Tomorrow? Yes. No. Yes, it's a woman. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure before I start going into another deep voice. <clears throat>
And finally, last question on I must ask Lisa, what was that thing that you needed Fozzer to do? Oh, uh, it's all... There is it was no a name question that was question. asked last week no, that we just you... had to save. Really? Oh, 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 I hate you guys. <laughs> I hate you guys so much. Okay, so, we'll put uh, that down as the official to, answer. Do, do I actually have to explain this now? No, no, I think it'll be fine. <laughs> Let's leave everybody the air of mystery. Everybody shouting yay in the chat, which, oh, God. We should have a competition for awful. people to guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I don't want to. I don't want to know what people think it is. That's, that would be worse. That would be worse than reality. Let's tease oh, on, them. Let's, let's tease them with a, a different question. Did he do it? <laughs> <laughs> Not when I told him to. <laughs> Take that as Grant, you will. <laughs> I think you've got your next acrid cadabble. Topic. <laughs> topic, yeah. The next topic. Yeah, is if, any, if anybody wins, done. then. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, dear. Uh, yeah, that won't be a car crash and a half. Is <laughs> <laughs> there any other time? <laughs> okay, um, I will, I'll just read out everybody who has. Before you do, would you think that what Fozzer was, what Fozzer was meant to do would deserve a community award? I'm sorry. <laughs> no. No, I don't. Uh, oh. Nobody should feed Foz's ego. Just, just, no. Oh, That's the oh. problem. No, I, I'm going to stop talking. Now because no. stop, stop digging. Stop digging. No. Oh, no. Attention, Shane. We have someone on their way through. <laughs> so we move straight on to the show, don't Colin, do you want to go ahead and give a shout out to all the in-game commanders around Lake Station? Well, 